Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Teen Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hello, everyone. I hope you had a lovely Christmas. Mine was fine. I didn't do anything. And then I saw Little Women, which I personally loved. I thought the new Little Women was really lovely. It made a lot of good choices. It had the heart. I loved it. My audience in the theater loved it. People clapped at the end of the movie, which took me by surprise. It's funny because someone starts clapping and then it's like everybody else starts clapping. Anyway, I am currently dog-sitting for my dad's dying dog. Um, She's been heard in the background of episodes before, but she does this really terrible cough. And if you hear it, sorry, you know, I don't, there's no way to stop it. This dog is literally, like, close to death. It's actually really awful. I've been calling for her to, like, be put to sleep for a while. (laughs) That sounds awful, but I think that she, like, I don't know, her life seems miserable, and my parent, my dad and stepmom have been in Florida for, like, two weeks. I'm watching her the second week, and I'm really hoping two weeks away is going to help them see, like, how bad she's doing. Um, I think it's hard for them to see every day. I mean, the poor baby, she has seizures. She's been having seizures for, like, over a year. She's, like, 16 years old. Um... She's still eating and drinking, which is why I think they're really hesitant to put her down. But now she, like, can barely use her legs. It's the saddest thing. Like, sometimes she's standing there and she, like, can't move her body to, like, turn around and get out of a room. So I have to, like, maneuver her around. She she can still kind of go down the stairs. They live in a second floor apartment. But, like, she can't get up the stairs. She can't get on and off the bed. She can't. Like, yes, last night I was crying because she was trying to, um, like, scratch her ear with her back paw, and she couldn't reach her paw to scratch her ear. It was, like, the saddest fucking thing in the world. It made me so sad. She's going to the bathroom inside. It's just really awful, and, like, I don't know. Their whole life has to revolve around watching her. Her life is just sad. Also, I'm sitting at the kitchen table doing this, which is obviously usually where people eat and she keeps like growling or barking at me to give her food even though I'm not eating so she might do that I don't know poor Cosmo I love this dog but her life is just really sad to me and she seems to be in a lot of physical pain and I don't know I don't know how you make the decision of when you should put a dog down especially if they're still drinking and eating but like you know when a dog can barely use their legs anymore I feel like it's time it's time. It's cruel. She seems so tired. I don't know. I get it's hard. I understand that it's hard, but this poor baby, my poor little Kazi. Oh, poor Cosmo. Anyway, um, yeah, so there's no new Teen Mom episodes this, like, there weren't any new ones this week, and I guess there aren't any new ones this coming week. So this week, I am going to recap the last Young and Pregnant episode, and 
the reunion that happened. And then I guess this coming week, like next weekend, I'll do some sort of throwback episode. Maybe a little Q&A, like not Q&A, but like a little mailbag. People write in comments and concerns. Um, Yeah, so part of the reunion was... I don't really understand why they included all that young and pregnant drama. I guess they maybe want it was like a good way to bring in Teen Mom 2 viewers to the drama of the show. I don't know. I don't love reunion drama. I think it kind of makes the show look out of control in a way that it isn't. You know, like especially for young and pregnant where they're not breaking the fourth wall. So like the moms fighting at the reunion doesn't have any impact at all on the show. It's like, well, what is the point of this? Because we don't see them interact at all on the show because they have not broken the fourth wall. I just don't really, it's not the Real Housewives, so they're not fighting over, like, something that we saw happen on the show. They're fighting over, like, shit that happened online or, like, shit that we can't follow. Like, if you just watched that clip and you weren't following them online at all, like, that really would have made no, almost no sense. Like, I understood what was happening because... They were posting like second by second updates on their Instagrams throughout that weekend. But in general, like the average viewer probably watched that and was like, what? Like, why are they fighting? And I don't think that adds anything to the show. Uh, I've long called for the reunions to not be a thing, to not exist. I also think that it was like very set up by production. Obviously, that's why Kale was so mad. That's why Ashley was so mad, I think. Um, I also, I, I just don't think it's a good, on for a show like Team Mom Young and Pregnant, I don't think it's a good platform to have, like, them fight with each other because it comes so out of nowhere. And it, it's one thing on Team Mom 2 or Team Mom OG where, you know, throughout the season we hear their side, we hear this person's side and this person's side, and we can maybe see them, like, kind of communicating back and forth and be mad and talking to producers. And it can, like, build up for the reunion. But if you're just watching Team Mom Young and Pregnant, these girls really have nothing to do with each other at all, and they don't interact whatsoever. So watching them fight, at least to me, isn't that satisfying because they're not fighting about something that we saw on the show. And I personally don't love to see people fight about social media stuff. This is something the Housewives really struggled with. Uh, Especially, I remember, like, a few years ago on the OC, they had to, like, ban the whole cast from tweeting because it's hard to translate social media fighting onto this show. Like, I just personally don't care to see fights about, like, what somebody tweeted or what somebody, like, put on their Insta story. It all reads as, like, too hard to follow. And I want to see fights about, like, shit that happened on the show, like, a point of a reunion is not necessarily to hash out, like, shit that somebody tweeted about you. The point of the reunion is to fight about shit that you didn't really realize happened and then you watched the episode and saw them talking shit about you or fight about, like, again, about fights that you had, which is why I've always kind of hated the Teen Mom reunions because they don't have the type of show where that happens or not the Real Housewives. And I just think that, I don't know. I kind of think including the Team Mom Young and Pregnant fight. Actually, I think like having the Team Mom Young and Pregnant girls fight because we all know this was orchestrated by the producers was a misstep. Um, but yeah, I guess I'll talk about a little bit about the reunion. Um, 
Chelsea and Cole start out, and Cole also says that there's nothing bad that he can say about Chelsea. And once again, I just think that this is a very weird wording. I don't think it's a true-to-life wording. Maybe it's just me, but as I said, I can say something bad about every single person on earth. It's not, I don't think that that's the mark of like a healthy, great partnership. I think that's like, a. <laughs> I think it's actually the mark of a very shallow partnership. Um, I mean, I guess I wonder if part of it is that like they just don't want to put their issues out there for the show, which fine, whatever. I mean, not fine, but if that's what they're doing, that's what they're doing. But I just think like, I don't know. I think it's a difference in language. Like, I think, in my opinion, there is a difference between saying there's nothing bad that I can say about them and what I think is a healthier and more realistic phrase, which is this person is an amazing partner to me or this person like I love Chelsea so much because I really feel like she is the person who is best suited to go through life with me. She is the person who I really feel like we are a great team. I feel like she completes me. I feel like she is my other half. Like there are lots of ways that you can only say like that you are saying a positive thing that in my opinion reflects a much deeper relationship. When you say I can't say anything bad about someone, it's just like you live with them. Like, of course there are bad things about them. Like nobody is perfect. That's why you say like this person is perfect to me. And like when Cole kind of followed up when he's like, she lets me be me, I think is what he said. I think that's a really great line. Like if I'm Cole or Chelsea and I don't want to say anything negative because I don't want, you know, the TV show to run with it or the audience to run with it. What you say is like, if I'm Cole, what I could say about Chelsea is like, you know, I'm just so lucky that I found Chelsea because never have I met someone who I felt I could be my most authentic self with. Chelsea lets me be in, be me in a way that like I've never experienced before. And every day, like I feel like I can be my truest self and she loves me through it. Like you hear like that is a statement with depth. That is a statement with acknowledgement that this person like accepts me for me and all of my flaws. But, like, when you say, like, I can't say something bad about them, like, no, not a single thing Chelsea does annoys you. I don't know. It's, it's, I understand this is nitpicky, and I don't know if I've talked about this on the show, but something that I really hate is when it comes to Chelsea and people, fans, whatever, say stuff like, you're just nitpicking her. And it's like, yeah, no fucking shit. Because the reality is, is that there's not that much to talk about with Chelsea's life. I've said this a million times. If Chelsea was not on the show, I would have, well, nothing to say about her because I wouldn't know her. But like if I just met Chelsea or Chelsea was someone I knew, I would have very little to say about Chelsea. Because overall, she's the mostly inoffensive person who minds her business, who stays at home with her kids, who's with her husband a lot. Like, there's not that much to talk about with Chelsea, but she's on a fucking TV show that I do a podcast about. And she's on a reality TV show where we pick apart every aspect of these characters' lives. So we have to pick what is given to us from Chelsea. And if there was lots of drama, I would probably run right past that line because there'd be nothing else to talk about. But because there's not a lot of drama, we have to pick apart the way that they talk about each other. Like, th that's just the facts. 
Okay. Uh, oh, so they talk about Chelsea's anxiety. And I did think that uh, this was, I guess, insight. I don't know. I want to be less judgmental of them in this aspect because to me, I feel like Chelsea and Cole just got on the internet that we were all on in 2004. Like when they say, when Cole says stuff like, you know, I learned that like I can't ask her what's wrong. And I thought this was reflective of Cole, that he's a person that wants to fix people. Surprise, surprise. I could have fucking told you that. Um, And when Chelsea has an anxiety attack, he immediately goes into like, I need to fix you. I need to fix you. I need to help you. What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? But that when she, when he asks what's wrong, it actually makes her anxiety worse. I think that is a good self-reflective statement. I thought that was like, I'm glad to hear that they're making progress like that. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I guess I just, I guess I just am from such a different mindset as a lot of people. And it's hard to remember this, but I'm like, yeah, did you guys not go on Tumblr? Like, did you not have a fucking live journal in 2004 where we all discovered this? Do you not get on Twitter? Like, do you not see self-care internet that's been booming since 2007? It's just so crazy to me, and I guess this is true, and it's just something that I forget, that people, like, have not just spent years and years and years on the mental health internet like I have. (laughs) Chelsea keeps talking about books she's read, and I have noticed that there is absolutely no mention of therapy. Uh, I'm 100% sure that she has not been to therapy. She has not used the word therapy once. It has not been mentioned a single time since she said she was interested in going. And I'm also guessing that they didn't put Aubrey in therapy, even though she specifically asked to go. Okay. (sighs) Then we had a scene that I had to, like, watch with my eyes closed. They flashed back to this woman who asked a question and cried through it at the last reunion and then Chelsea followed her on Instagram, so they have a special connection. And then, oh my God. <laughs> I'm, okay, have I talked about this? The fact that, like, my secondhand embarrassment is really, really bad. Uh, and it's, like, always on TV. Well, not just TV shows, but usually on TV shows. It happens in real life, too. And this, like, truly made me want to die. Cole made this woman, her name was Daisy, a box with like affirmations on it, but I don't even know if there were affirmations. It's like, you are loved, which I guess is an affirmation. And I'm like, first of all, what the fuck? Chelsea's like, he makes, he does this for me all the time. It'll just make you really feel good to look at that. And it's like, what? Like, it makes Chelsea feel good to look at that box because her husband that she deeply loves made it for her. But if Cole gave me that, I'd be like, Thanks. Like, I mean, I guess I'd be excited because he's, like, on TV. But, like, something like that, like, a shitty made box with, like, shitty writing on it that's, like, you are kind. Like, that doesn't mean anything because you're not in love with the person who made it for you. Oh, my God. Like, I am so convinced that Chelsea and Cole's whole relationship is him just, like, walking behind her at all moments of the day because I'm pretty sure Cole doesn't work anymore. And is like, Chelsea, you're amazing. Chelsea, I love you. Chelsea, you are great. Chelsea, 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 Chelsea. All day long, just complimenting her 24-7. And I would say that it's probably exhausting, but I think that Cole actually loves to do it, which is like its own thing. 
Oh, God, it was so bad. Oh, Chelsea's hand also looked really bad on my TV. I mean, probably on everyone's TV. Chelsea says that when she had her first panic attack and her friend was driving her to the hospital, her first thought was that she was going to die and Cole better not move on, which, I don't know, I think that's like a weird thing to think. I've never been married, so maybe I would think that in the moment. I just, I can't imagine, like, that my priority wouldn't be, like, I'm going to die and I'm going to leave my kids alone. I'm going to leave my husband. I'm going to, like, I think Chelsea says stuff sometimes because she thinks it's cute and everybody's, like, "Mm." not everybody. (laughs) Those of us with sense are, like, "Mm." okay. Kate and Tyler come out, which I was like, what? (laughs) I understand what they're doing. And they're comparing Kate's mental health issues to Chelsea's mental health issues. Chelsea had a fucking look on her face. (laughs) And I will say, I'm not sure I can blame her. If I was Chelsea, I would be like, what the fuck? are you guys comparing us for? Like, although I do think Chelsea's mental health issues are very bad. She said she couldn't leave her house. It seemed like she was going into, like, agoraphobia type stuff. I just think that this is, like, a wild, wild, wild comparison. Um, Their lives are so different. Like, so, so, so different. And their mental health issues have seemed so different. And comparing them just doesn't, I don't know. It was weird. It was really weird. I I, I guess the reason they brought them was so that they could do an OG special, but like, or an OG preview. But Chelsea and Kate have never had any sort of connection or interaction that we've ever seen. I can't see them being friends at all. So it was just like, it was, it was really weird and awkward. Um, Kate mentions the genetic testing that she did and that she went to trauma therapy and she seems a psychiatrist. I thought Cole actually seemed really into what Kate and Tyler were saying and was really like vibing with them, which I thought was nice. But Chelsea, I could just tell was like, what the fuck are we doing here? Uh, then we see an OC. An OG sneak peek. Um, I do want to say I didn't really see this talked about. Mac McKee was in the sneak peek, implying at least to me that Mac McKee is a full-time cast member. We didn't see any of Amber in the sneak peek because I think they're like, you know, holding their cards back. Um, We know they filmed at the courthouse and obviously like she had scenes, but I wonder if maybe she won't be in the first couple episodes. I'm curious to see what they're going to do for OG. We didn't get an OG air date, so... At least I don't think we did. So I have no idea when that's coming back. But I definitely was intrigued to see Mackenzie McKee. Because she, and it wasn't like with special guest Mackenzie McKee or whatever shit they were doing last year. I guess I'm under the full impression that Mackenzie McKee will be a full-time OG member now. But also, (laughs) we'll see, I guess. Poor Mac. Poor Mac. I did like when she said, I'm a 10 and Josh is a 2. And it's like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) You know what? Let me be nice and just walk past that comment. Uh, Cheyenne Skypes in and brings up Corey and Taylor, like that they're expecting a baby. She says that Ryder has a British accent from watching Peppa Pig, which is very cute. 
Uh, they talk about, oh, Aubrey and Paisley, if they still get together. And Chelsea basically says no. She's like, well, you know, we try. Not as hard as we should, but we try. AK, I'm sure last time they saw each other was that time they went bowling on camera. Uh, which, like, I don't know. I think that that's really sad um, because they are sisters, regardless of Adam's parental rights. But I I think that if Taylor and Chelsea, like, I don't know, if Taylor and Chelsea aren't going to facilitate the relationship, then, like, they're not going to facilitate the relationship. I think it's a shame. And they're so close in age and they're sisters and... They obviously, at least as children, they really loved each other. But at the same time, it's like, I want, I would like Chelsea and Taylor to just, or at least Chelsea to just be honest and be like, I'm not really interested in getting them together. That's not her sister anymore. (laughs) Because we know that's how she thinks. Okay. This is when the drama starts. So they bring Kale out with Jade. And Kale said she wasn't thrilled with the new addition. And she said... You know, as much as I didn't like Janelle, the reality is, is that it was like the four of us for 10 years. And anytime we get a new cast member, including with Brie, it's just really hard. And I was like, okay, that's fair. I I don't know. That doesn't really bother me that much. And Kale, she, Dr. Drew was like, Kale, did you give Brie any advice? Or not, excuse me, did you bring, give Jade any advice? And Kale's like, no, probably not. And it's like, Kale, you're such a bitch. Uh, Jade says Brie was the one that reached out to her, which isn't surprising to me because Brie knows that ice cold feeling probably and basically told her to bring out comments. So this is when they bring out the Team Mom Young and Pregnant cast. Rachel looks, Rachel's a tough one. (laughs) She's a real tough one. That hair color and the curly hair and then the makeup was tough. Uh, Kaya said that the comments have been hard People say her eyelashes are too long and she could sweep the floor with them, which is, I mean, not an incorrect statement. (laughs) When she was saying it, I was like, her eyelashes are really, really long here. (laughs) And Jade fell. Oh, they talk about like how everybody found out about Jade joining the cast. And basically they all said on Twitter or the story leaking. And Jade was like, well, I felt really bad about it not being able to tell anyone, but they told me that I couldn't tell anyone, which I like, I think is fair. I'm sure production was like, you can't tell because they like it to leak because they like the drama that comes from it. And Dr. Drew kind of asked them how they feel about it. And Brie was like, I'm happy for her. And then he asks, asks Ashley and I'm going to get into Ashley and the rest of the drama right after I take a quick little break. Okay, I need to say from jump that Ashley was clearly very high or drunk, but I'm thinking on Xanax. (laughs) Am I the only one that noticed this? I didn't really see any talk of it online, and I was really surprised when I watched this that no one had mentioned it. She was the perfect Xanax combination of calm and slurring, but then also, like, like, reacting. Like, by that noise, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but, like, her body was, like, really loosey-goosey and her eyes were, like, half shut. But she was still, like, kind of acting in, in, like, a way that showed a lack of inhibitions. <laughs> uh, so, Dr. Drew asks Ashley how she feels about it. And she kind of refuses to talk about it. 
she says that she knew before the articles came out and she's really sticking to her story that they asked her before they asked Jade to join Young and Pregnant or Teen Mom 2. Although I did notice that she said that it was between her and Jade this time um, and that she turned it down to stay on her show So, like, this, it's a little less, like, I was asked, and I said no, so they picked Jade instead. Um, I could believe, I guess, that at some point, they were, when the producers were sitting down, it was between Jade and Ashley. Like, that, to me, makes sense. I've always, like, they're the two oldest ones. Uh, They're the two that I think would fit in most with the cast of Team Mom 2, when, if somebody had said, like, I don't know. Did we talk about this on the podcast? But if someone said, like, they're going to pull a girl up from Young and Pregnant to be on Team Mom 2, who do you think it would be? I think I would have hands down said it's between Jade and Ashley. Although I also think that Kayla would have kind of worked in the cast. But Jade and Ashley make the most sense. Here's what I will never, ever, 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 ever believe. Is that they asked Ashley and she said no. That makes no fucking sense sense it makes no sense why would you ever turn down the big leagues big leagues to play in the minors it's crazy especially considering that Ashley is really on her social media grind if you will like she really is pimping her YouTube channel and you know doing tons of ads on Instagram and being on team mom too will only get you like a bigger social media platform it's like it just, it truly, really, really, really makes no sense. You, They had film, but they hadn't even, like, there was really no guarantee that the show was even going to come back on air. It's just crazy. You wouldn't turn it down. Like, Team Mom 2 is the bigger show. It gets better ratings in Young and Pregnant. It has way more attention. Like, most people don't even know the girls that are on Team Mom Young and Pregnant. Now, is Team Mom Young and Pregnant, or excuse me, is Team Mom 2 a dying show? Yeah, Team Mom OG is also a dying show. It's a dying franchise. But if you're on a dying franchise, you're going to hook your wagon to the one that's been on 10 seasons and not the one that, like, maybe it's coming back, maybe it's not. Like, in my opinion, the Team Mom Young and Pregnant Girls are pretty lucky that they got another season. Um, I wouldn't be that shocked if it doesn't... Well, I guess I think they're in an A season right now, so I bet they're going to pull out a B season. And then I don't know. Like, will I be surprised if the show doesn't come back on? Like, No. There is absolutely, like, Team Mom Young and Pregnant has zero cultural relevancy. Like, zero. Even though you guys know I love Team Mom Young and Pregnant. It has no effect whatsoever. There's not, like, a single gossip. Like, the Ashley's barely covering Team Mom Young and Pregnant. You know what I mean? Like, if the Ashley's barely covering Team Young and, Teen Mom Young and Pregnant, that shows. In other news, like, on Cosmopolitan's breakups of 2019... Maybe even the decade, like, they included Janelle and David. Does that actually mean anything in the grand scheme of life? Like, no. But, like, when the Team Mom 2 girls or the Team Mom OG girls, like, do something, like, they are celebs as much as, like, people hate to admit it. They are, and they get written about, and they get talked about, and they just have a lot more, like, gossip, social media cachet than the Team Mom Young and Pregnant girls do. Uh, which makes sense because the show is not watched by that many people and hasn't been on air that long. Like, even in the fandom, when people post about it, like, it's not really canon for a lot of people, and I understand why. And we saw from Team Mom 3 how quickly these shows get 
canceled. And we saw from the last season of 16 and Pregnant in Team Mom, New Jersey, that they will film entire fucking seasons and not put them on air. So to say that you turn down the bigger show that has better opportunities now, I bet the pay was very similar. But, like, you just cannot deny the opportunities that come with being on Teen Mom versus being on uh, Young and Pregnant. I mean, even look at, like, the coverage that Corey and Cheyenne get now on social, like, on, not social media, but, like, in internet-based gossip sites, like, Radar and Starcasm and even, like, In Touch Weekly, People Mag Online, like, those type of sites... Look at the coverage that Corey and Cheyenne get now when, like, I didn't even know who Corey and Cheyenne were when they got on the on Team Mom OG, even though they had, like, a decent amount of fans because the challenge has, like, a pretty strong, devout fan uh, base that watches every season and follows them. But it's kind of reserved just to the challenge, and the challenge doesn't really get a ton of articles written about them. I think it's because the cast is just too big and there are people, you know, they're not on every season for whatever reason. So, but now that, like, Team Mom Young and, or Team Mom OG is happening with Corey and Cheyenne, like, there were, when Taylor announced her pregnancy, they were, like, in touch and Us Weekly and all that shit, like, reported on it because they are on a show that, as much as some people hate to admit it, has gossip cultural relevancy. Does it have cultural relevancy? Like, if you walk outside my door and, like, wanted to talk to my neighbor about it, like, no. But in terms of gossip and social media, it has relevancy in a way that Team Mom Young and Pregnant absolutely does not. If you go on Ashley's Instagram, she's very much, rightfully so, trying to make money off of her social media presence because she's not an idiot. So for Ashley to be like, I turned it down, really, it just does not make sense. I also think that Team Mom 2 made the right choice picking Jade over Ashley. I think that Jade brings the perfect amount of drama to the show in a way that kind of fits in with the rest of the cast that I'm not sure, like, Shen would have. Also, like, Ashley, when Shen is not around, like, doesn't have that much drama. Like, Barr and Ashley's drama is actually quite tame, in my opinion. Like, obviously, when we see on social media and they're, like, physically fighting with one another, it's like, ugh. I don't know. Maybe that's not true. I I think just this season... They haven't, like, the drama really has not been there. Remember, Shen was also not agreeing to film at the beginning of the season, which probably had a big impact on the fact that they picked Jade over them because Jade's mom is willing to sign a release any fucking day of the week. Now, Shen did eventually agree to film because, as she said, she needed the money. But I don't know. I think Jade fits in pretty well, and I think that they made the right choice with her. I think that if they picked Ashley, it might be like, well, they made the right choice. Ashley's a great fit for Team Mom, too. But... I don't know. I think that Ashley, I think that keeping Ashley on Young and Pregnant was very important to Young and Pregnant. I think that she is the star of Young and Pregnant as it is now. And she's kind of the anchor for Young and Pregnant. And it's good that they kept her there to anchor the show. And I think that Jade kind of like floats into Teen Mom 2 in a way that, at least in my opinion, felt pretty seamless and I think it's just good that they kept Ashley on Team Mom Young and Pregnant. Um, but like I said, I bet if Ashley was on Team Mom too, I'd be like, Jade is the star of Team Mom Young and Pregnant. And it's really good they kept her there. And it totally makes sense that Ashley's on. I definitely have the bias of just watching Jade on the show all season and thinking that she did very well 
on this season and that it made a lot of sense. So I'm like, well, they obviously made the right choice, but I bet if Ashley had had a good season on Team Mom 2, I would be saying the same thing. So that I understand. But I just, like I said, I just think it's complete bullshit. And I always have that Ashley would have ever turned down Team Mom 2. So this is when everything like escalates really quickly. Um, Ashley says that she didn't like what Jade said, basically about like calling her a liar for saying that she was asked to be on Teen Mom too. Okay, here's another thing. I like Ashley. I think Ashley in her right headspace and in her element is, well, first of all, I think Ashley is fucking beautiful. I thought she looked so good. I didn't love her jeans, but like that neon yellow top with the eyeshadow, like I thought she looked great. I think she is I think she's just gorgeous. I think she is one of the, if not the prettiest girl that's ever been on this franchise. I think she's easy to look at. Like, (laughs) Um, I think that she is smart. I think she's funny. I think she's very quick, which is something that I like. I like a really witty person. I was just listening to Troy's episode of This Mushroom this week where he was talking about housewives and he was saying like he forgives a lot for a funny person and I feel the same way and I forgive a lot for a quick person like someone that has a lot of wit I can forgive a lot of their behavior because I find them very compelling to watch on tv where was I with this oh but I think that Ashley truly struggles with some issues that make her her own worst enemy uh I think that it's very controlled on the show, so we really don't see it, which is why I think on the show, she comes off as very level-headed, she's a hard worker, but I think when she's not, I don't know what it is. I think something about her filming, like, really, like, like, calms her down in a way, maybe, and then when she's in a situation like the reunion, or she's on social media with no leash, is when she is truly her own worst enemy. The, like, hypeness to which she gets is really bad in this. Like, it's really, like, how off the handle she gets that quickly is really, really not, it's not flattering. It's not good. Like, and with everyone else sitting there, like, pretty calm even Jade like pretty calm although I guess uh, did Jade start yelling before Jade also flies off the handle really really quickly it's funny Jade and Ashley are actually pretty similar um but I would say like 90% of the time Ashley's much better controlling her emotions like I said I think Ashley does drugs like I think she takes Xanax I think she drinks a lot and I think that she's not on drugs and she's filming on the show and so I think when she's on the reunion and is taking a Xanax or she's on social media and is taking a Xanax or whatever she's doing, she comes off a lot worse and crazier because she's intoxicated. And I think Jade just like can't control her issues ever. But Ashley is like, you didn't have the nerve to say anything to my face. Oh, sorry. I remembered what I was saying. I think Ashley is her own worst enemy. In that she is a person that when she feels hurt, she like deeply lashes out. And in a way that as a viewer is like, it's impossible to take her side. Or at least for me, it feels impossible to take her side in this. Like, I don't see anything in this episode. Now, I don't think the other girls are like necessarily in the right. When Kayla started to pull off her shoes, I was like, sit the fuck down. Like, you're not fighting Ashley. Like, 
calm the fuck down. But I think in general, like, it's very hard to take Ashley's side here because I can see Ashley, like, self-destruct and that's hard to root for, hard to be on her side with. When, when Ashley, like, it's so clear that she's hurt and that she feels left out. And what I, like, actually really resonated was with Brie when Brie was like, if I, we, I didn't know you felt this way. Like, I thought the three of us, being Ashley, Brie, and Kayla, were okay. And, like, I don't understand why you didn't talk to me about it. I thought that was probably true. I thought that was, like, I thought that made sense. And I think that Ashley, or excuse me, that, yeah, I think that Ashley does genuinely feel left out. And she is genuinely hurt. And for her to react this way, it's, like, nobody's going to be on your side. And I think that that's going to be a lesson that Ashley's going to struggle with for a long time, which is that when she's hurt, she really lashes out and really digs in a way that instead of somebody wanting to comfort her and like understand her and help her makes you want to be like, what the fuck, dude? Like, not, she goes for such a low blow. She immediately is like burning all her bridges. And I think that that is, for me, a characteristic that I find like really unappealing. I don't like to have friends that act that way. I don't have friends that act that way, you know, because it's not something that I want in my life. It's not how I behave. And I don't think it's like a behavior that I deserve. And I think that's something that Ashley's really going to struggle with for a long time. And I think it's Ashley's greatest downfall that when she feels hurt or left out or attacked, that she completely shuts down and like goes to this other place. And I think that's probably why her and Bar physically fight. And it it's not, it's just not good. It's why, it's how she acts with Shen. It, instead of, you know, being like, I'm just hurt. I feel left out. She's like, fuck you. And so the person that's leaving her out is like, well, I don't want to be your fucking friend. Instead of being like, fuck. I didn't know you felt that way. I'm sorry. Like, how can we get to be in a better friendship? So basically, I wrote down that Ashley is a weird mix of hyped up and sedated, which I found to be very true. Uh, she's calling Jade's mom a crackhead. And I guess had been calling her a crackhead. And she stands up and Drew kind of moves in between Jade and Ashley. And I thought this was interesting. Jade, Kale turns to Jade and says, Jade, walk off. And Jade walks off and doesn't come back out. I actually was pretty impressed with that. I thought that that was smart of her. I think that she realized, like, I'm not on Team Mom Young and Pregnant anymore. I'm not on the show with this girl. Like, I'm not, why am I having this fight? Like, I'm going to go back into the green room and have my Team Mom 2 reunion and be on my Team Mom 2 show. And, <laughs> like, good for her. There's a ton of security on stage. And all of a sudden, is Kale is involved. I will say this was, fight was a little hard to follow. Like, I was... Like, what is, who's, who's yelling? Like, why are we mad? It was just, it just wasn't easy. Oh my God. Tomlin, I just opened a text. Like I had, I clicked over a text real quick and there's like a Tomlin just sent like a bad plastic surgery text, a boob job <laughs> from botched Tomlin. <laughs> Ay, 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 ay. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Where was I? Oh, it was hard to tell who was yelling, who was yelling about what. There were so many people on stage. 
All of a sudden, Kayla's involved. Ashley's like, what have I ever said about you? What have I ever said about you? And Kayla's like, girl, you were posting shit about me online just last night, which kind of made me laugh because that was true. Kayla pulls Kayla over because Kayla's still on the stage at this point. And it's like, come sit over here because Kayla had been like on the side of the stage that Ashley was on. This is when Ashley stands up and she's like, you bitches act like I'm like, I'm the problem, but I'm not the fucking problem. Okay, and this is, I think, the core of the issue. I think that there's a couple things going on. I think, as I said, that Ashley feels left out, so she's lashing out terribly instead of just calmly speaking her mind and trying to communicate. I also think that Ashley is somebody that, as we are about to see, (laughs) that a lot of people were talking shit to, and she felt like, Now you're not going to be my friend, but you're all hypocrites. I think also that we need to remember that Ashley's like five years older than, well, I guess not Kayla. Did Kayla turn 21? Yeah, I guess Kayla just turned 21, but like Bree is like 19, you know, and Ashley's like 23. So there is like a large age gap there in maturity. Um, But Ashley... I, yeah, I think the issue is, is that, like, Ashley found it all very fake, and I can understand that. And this is another, like, issue is that I think where Ashley has an issue is that when she finds things to be fake, she feels like she needs to call them out. And she needs to be the one that is like, you're fake, you're fake, you're fake, which I think is a very natural reaction. And it's something that we as adults, like, need to learn to curtail. And what you do is you just don't be friends with them. But you don't need to be fighting with them. And at the same time, it's like, okay, if you find these girls so fake, like, why do you feel so left out by them? It's just all a lot of, like, immaturity from all of them. Then Ashley starts, I think she's also a scorekeeper. Because she's like, what did I say? Rachel, what did I say to you when you joined the cast? That people judge you but know that you're beautiful. Kaya, what did I say to you? I said, welcome to the show. Then she's like, Kale, I've always been nice to you. And Kale's like, the feeling's mutual. I think Kale's like, I know a lot of people had issues with Kale in this segment, but I actually didn't. I think Kale saw immediately that this was set up by producers. She knew Ashley was feeling some type of way and that Dr. Drew leaning into her and asking her questions was going to set her off. I think she they she knew that Kale and Ashley had been having issues, so to have them seated near each other was going to set them off. Like, this isn't Kale's first rodeo. And when Ashley starts yelling at Kale, Kale's like, hold on, like, I don't have any issues with you. I'm not on a cast with you. I don't fucking know you. So the feeling's mutual. I have no problem with you. Um, At this point, when Kale is yelling back, this is hard. I had to rewind this like six times. When Kale is saying, like, the feeling's mutual, Nessa says to her, it's hard to catch. She's like, Kale, back up, back up. And this is when you see, if you look in the background, you see Kale turn to Nessa and be like, what the fuck? And Nessa, I guess, like, gives her a look or says something to her. And this is when Kale's like, okay, bye, Nessa. Now, did Kale look stupid in this moment? Yes, of course, because Kale is a person with a horrible voice and horrible mannerisms. And when she clomps off stage going, bye, Nessa, like, she sounds like a fucking idiot. Like, that's just the facts. But I actually, like, was on Kale's side here that Kale had nothing to do with the Team Mom Young and Pregnant Drama. 
nothing, at least as far as I remember. Like, she had no part in all of this. She was actually trying to pull Kayla over to stand away from Ashley. She was trying to, like, when Ashley's yelling at her, she was basically just being like, hold on, I'm not fucking part of this. And so for Nessa to be like, Kayla, don't get involved, which Kayla knows the whole reason that this fight is happening is because of production and that she's on stage to be part of it because it's no accident that they put Kayla on stage during this fight that they planned. Because don't forget, this fight was very planned by production. That Kayla's like, now you're telling me I can't get involved in this fight that you wanted me on stage for? Like, go fuck yourself, MTV. So I actually was on Kale's side, but she looked like a fucking idiot because she's Kale. And I think if you're just watching this with like fresh eyes and not thinking about the production element and why she was on stage, and if you didn't rewind this six fucking times to see like the looks Kale and Nessa are giving each other and what Kale's actually physically and verbally trying to do, she looks stupid. But, and like actually what she should have said instead of like, bye Nessa, as she like walked off just sounding so stupid, she should have just walked off the stage and let production pull up a camera on her, which she knew they would, and be like, I have nothing to do with that fight, so I'm not going to be on stage. (laughs) Or even as she's walking out, she should have popped up and been like, I'm out, bye! Like, and kind of like laughed it off and been like, oh no, I'm not part of this. Like, I think that would have looked a lot better. I think when the way that she did it, it made her look like bitter that she wasn't involved But I think the reality is that Kale's like, I'm not part of this shit. Like, why am I going to sit here and get yelled at Nessa for participating when they're trying to drag me into it? Nessa looked very confused, but I don't know. Okay, then Ashley looks at Kayla. This is all happening at, like, the same exact time. And yells, you were cool with Jade after she said you were a dumb slut for getting pregnant again. (laughs) And this is what I mean by I can't be friends with a person like Ashley because I cannot be friends friends with someone that when we get in a fight they're like well you know our other friend called you a dumb slut right (laughs) but it's also like early 20 shit like I'm looking at this with a 31 year old eyes and I understand that then okay this part was like really bad she turns to Brie and she says you were cool with I couldn't make out who she said I thought she said Kayla and I should have turned on captions Whoops, here we are. I didn't turn on captions. I thought she said Kayla, but I think she may have said Jade. I'm not sure who she said. I think Jade. This sounds more like something Jade would say. when she, But she says, you were cool with Jade or Kayla. When she said you were dumb for fucking a half bitch, half bleeped out. Basically talking about Milo or maybe her new The guy that she was seeing, was she seeing him by the time the reunion was filmed? She's been with a couple trans guys. I don't know what that bleeped out word was. I don't know if she was saying like N word, meaning like half woman, half man, or the F word. Uh, It was not good. And she goes, that wasn't my word. That was her word, which it's like, hold the fuck up. No one's applauding you for outing the transphobic person in this way. (laughs) No one's applauding you for repeating slurs. (laughs) I wonder if she said half bitch, half F word. I think that's the one that makes the most sense. F slur. You guys know what word I'm saying. I'm not going to repeat it. Uh, Like that? No. No, 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 no. You don't get to just, like, repeat 
slurs and like really hateful things that people said in an attacking way and then be like, I didn't say it, she did. It's like, okay, but you're repeating it to hurt someone. So it's not okay. If she had said, I mean, none of this fight should have been happening the way it was, but if she had said, and you're still friends with Jade after she said all that transphobic shit about your ex, like that is fine. But to fully repeat the insult is hurtful to Brie. It's especially hurtful to Milo. It's hurtful to everyone that is trans that has to hear that. It's just, it's not okay. It's not okay to repeat it in that way and be like, but I didn't say that. Okay, but you're still using it in a way to attack and hurt someone. So you are saying it. Just because you are they weren't your words, you're still using them as a weapon. And this is like another thing that I think Ashley doesn't understand. That like when you're blowing up the bridge, even if you're just repeating, like you're still putting it out there and it doesn't absolve you of it. That was really bad. That was when she said that, I was like, whoo, um, Ashley starts saying she will beat the dog shit out of Kayla. And Kayla's like, I'm not going to fight with my coworker. And Ashley yells, I support all you bitches, you and your two babies. Where's the support for me? And this, I guess, is what sets Kayla off. Ashley wants to say, like, I didn't say anything bad about the kids. But it's pretty clear, at least I think, to anybody that when she says, I support you, you're in, you and your two babies being like, I supported you through your bad choices and your mistakes. Now, is that true? That having the second baby was a bad choice and mistake? Of course, I've been saying it all season. But I mean, Ashley having that first baby with Barr was a bad choice and a bad mistake. And Kayla's not set. It's just something that you don't say to someone's face like that. It's one thing, I think, for us to say it as, like, the audience and podcasters and the commentariat. It's another thing for Ashley to say it to Kayla, like, I supported you through your mistakes. I also, I'm not sure, like, I'm curious, like, how much, when Ashley says, like, I supported you, like, what she actually means. Like, she sent a text, like, congrats on the baby. I also think that Ashley feels that she was much, I don't know, does she, I'm having a hard time, like, how close does Ashley think she was with these people, if she was that close, like, why didn't she say something about feeling left out, I will say, like, the, I understand the Kayla, or the Jade and Ashley drama, because Ashley, or Jade basically sure called Ashley a liar, and Ashley was lying to make Jade look bad, basically being like, Jade only got the show because I said no. And Jade is like, no, she's a fucking liar. So I do understand, like, where the drama between the two of them is coming from. But the with Kayla and Brie and Ashley, it feels very confusing to me. Somebody did say that, or somebody sent me a YouTube video that Ashley made after the reunion where she explained everything that I, I'll be honest, I meant to watch and I never did. So it's possible Ashley's laid this perfectly out on her YouTube and I should have watched that. But at the time I was like, I honestly don't really care about it. And now I'm just remembering it as I'm recording. So, you know, here we are. Okay, then Ashley's off stage and she's like moving her body like, and she's like, you had another baby, whoop-de-fucking-do. We can all open our legs and get pregnant again, which is like you're you're talking shit about the kids, basically. You're not really, but like you are in a way that like, you know this is a sensitive subject for kills, so you know it's going to set her off. And she's like, my grandma died. Did anyone reach out or say anything? Like, I don't think I knew her grandma died. 
and this is like, this is the part that made me feel very sad for Ashley. And this is the part that made me genuinely believe that she felt left out and hurt by these girls is that she, like, I'm not really sure why she expected them to reach out when her grandma died. Because I was under the impression that they, like, weren't close at all. But clearly, Ashley was under the impression that they were close. And that is a very hurtful thing. That when you go through something and the people that you thought were your friends do not reach out to you. And this is when I just wanted to hug Ashley and be like, I'm really sorry that you felt emotionally invested in people that did not feel emotionally invested in you. Because that's fucking hurtful. And I think anybody listening to this can relate to that. Like, that is a hurtful situation to be in. And I genuinely feel for her. And this is why I like, can't fully hate Ashley because I really do believe in that moment I fully understood for the first time while watching this episode the hurt that she was acting out on. Now, like I said, I can't deal with a person who acts out on hurt with hate. That is really hard for me. I don't like it. I don't like to be talked down to. I don't like burning bridges. I don't like people who go for the low blows. But I can recognize that that's what she's doing. And that makes me sad. And I think Ashley would really benefit from like intense therapy and like a lot of work because I think that would really, really help her kind of be able to curb that behavior. I think that she's really setting herself up for a hard life if she doesn't get that hurt, the behavior that she has when she's hurt under control. So we see a clip for the rest of the season. Um, oh, Ashley also is crying off stage. Or Brie and Kayla said they reached out and offered to talk to her. They had no idea anything was going on until the night before when Ashley made that Insta story. Which I can imagine if I'm Brie and Kayla and I thought Ashley just like wasn't really interested in hanging out with me or being my friend or whatever. And then she makes an Insta story about me being like, what the fuck? And as we know, Brie and Kayla, when they saw that, did reach out to her and offered to like meet up and talk and Ashley refused. Ashley's crying off stage, but I'm the mean girl because I will fight everyone. Now, I thought this was very interesting because the answer to this is yes. As much as Ashley, I think what's hard for people who, I think this is definitely a sign of immaturity. And this is something that I kind of struggled with where I felt like everybody needed to know my opinion about everything at all times before I learned to like funnel it into just being a bitch on Reddit and having a podcast. <laughs> Is that it's like, I think people who are people that like to speak their minds have a really hard time with people that are a lot more low down and shady about their behavior. And I think she sees Kayla and Brie as very fake in their behavior. And she's like, oh, I'm the mean girl because like, but you guys are actually the mean girls because you're leaving me out. Although I will say like nothing that we saw on this stage at up to this point, like, indicated any sort of meanness from Brie and Kayla at all. Jade was being a bitch to her, sure. But Brie and Kayla, at this point, like, hadn't done anything that we saw as viewers. And so for Kayla, or for Ashley, when she's saying, like, but I'm the mean girl because I want to fight, it's like, yeah, you are. Because fighting is not okay. And you're not allowed to physically touch people. And you're not allowed to fight. Like, you need to grow up. In the adult world, like, you cannot fight people because you think that they're fake and shady and talking about you behind your back. 
Like that's not the way that it works. Maybe as a teenager, I am also kind of a big believer that like if you egg on a fight or you start a fight and then you get hit, it's like, well, what'd you fucking expect? But at the same time, like I don't see any behavior from Bree and Kayla that indicates that they are the mean girls and Ashley is not when she just got up on stage and insulted Kayla for having another baby and really spewed some transphobic shit that I didn't say it, but she repeated it and used as a weapon. And when you are trying to physically fight someone, like, you're the mean girl. That is how the world sees you. And I think that this is a very hard thing for a lot of people to learn. And what Ashley sees as being, like, genuine and authentic and, like, sticking up for herself and not letting those shady bitches win, the rest of the world sees as aggressive and mean girl behavior. And the way that you, like, the way that you come out on top is not to fight, is to talk it out and keep your cool and not get involved and engaged in it. And I think that Ashley hasn't learned that. And I think she will learn that one day, but she hasn't yet learned that. And when she says, but I'm the mean girl for wanting to fight, it's like, yeah, you are. Ugh, I laughed when they went they pan the stage again because Rachel looked like she was like, what in the fuck? Uh, so we see a scene for the rest of the season. Rachel's a miscarriage, um, which like, yikes. Kaya and T, I guess, TAs are broken up. We see Ashley backstage promising she won't hit anyone. And she comes back on stage and is doing like a very weird smile. And she's like, I'm doing great, Dr. Drew. And it's like, oh, that's not a good look. Um, Ash Nessa asks about the guy that she was hooking up with. And she said, you know, it's nothing. I just had a hot girl summer. And Dr. Drew is like, I just, you know, I have to try and bring everyone together again. Ashley says she feels excluded. She says she doesn't want to throw anyone under the bus. But at the last reunion, Bree told her that Jade was talking a lot of shit about her. And was like, Brie, did you say that? And Brie's like, I won't deny that. And I, this is like the root of it. Like I just said, like, I think Ashley has a really hard time with people who talk shit. She knows talk shit, but then are nice to people's faces. And I understand like having a hard time with that. But I think what Ashley needs to learn is that's kind of how the world works. And you being the one that calls everyone out on it doesn't actually get you anywhere. It just gives you like you're the one reacting and that's what people see. They don't see the shit talking and the fakeness. So they don't really care about it. They care about the one that's like screaming and trying to fight people. That's just the reality. Um, Ashley said, so that's when like, that's when I was like, but what does Jade have to do with any of this? Like she's, this is where I was kind of confused. So Ashley's really, did you guys notice how bad she slurred this? You should re-listen to just this sentence. Ashley's like, I always supported these two girls, basically being Brie and Kayla. And Brie's actually, by the way, can we discuss how beautiful Brie looked? Her outfit was kind of crazy, at least the shoes. But the dress I thought looked nice. Her hair looked great. Her makeup looked great. Uh, Brie's like, this is why I'm confused, because I always thought everything was fine between the three of us. Ashley apologizes because when she had been walking off stage, she said she was going to spit on Kayla. And she said, I apologize for saying that. That was bad. <laughs> she says she feels some type of way because she feels like she reaches out to them often and she doesn't reciprocate it. And this is what I found interesting because Brie was like, I don't really feel like you reach out to me. <laughs> this is 
is what I'm curious about. Bree's like, I don't get it. Like, do you reach out to me? Because it doesn't feel like you reach out to me. And Bree's like, I just wish there could have been more communication and we could have talked about this before you came on stage flipping out, which I think is very fair. Uh, Kayla said that she took it too far by saying my two kids. And this is where I'm not going to be on Kayla's side. Kayla, stop. Kayla, was Ashley in the wrong for saying that? Probably. But, like, the situation was so escalated. Like, be the bigger person here and just, like, move on from it. Like, keep in the back pocket that Ashley has judged you and you don't need to be Ashley's friend. But for Kayla then to, like, harp, 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 harp on this, it's like, mm, I don't give a fuck, Kayla. Like, move on. This is also another thing that I don't like is when you are in a hyped up, escalated situation and somebody is just spewing words and, like, I get it, it's hurtful, you're mad that when this situation is calmed down, for you then to be like, that was too far. It was all too far, Kayla. She was up there spewing transphobic shit. It was all too far. She called Jade's mom a crackhead, which, while maybe true, is not a nice thing to say. She said she was going to spit on you. Everything was too far. That was the point. And really, she didn't say anything that bad. Was it bad? Yeah. But, like, she didn't call your kid, like, a fucking, I don't know, I'm not going <laughs> to. We can all use our imaginations for way worse things that uh, Ashley could have said about Kayla. And for her to be like, well, that was too far. And, like, to continue harping on it. It's like, now you're re-escalating the situation, and that's on you. You've already seen how Ashley is acting. You've already seen that this is, like, triggering her to fight. And she has now come back on the stage. She has apologized to you for saying she would spit on you, even if she thinks it's, you think it's fake. She is explaining why she feels left out and why she feels hurt. So for you then to be like, well, I feel like you went too far with this. It's like, shut the fuck up, Kayla. Like, shut up. Like, you don't, stop. She could have just been like, she could have really just been like, you know, like all the things that you just said were really hurtful and I'm, like, kind of mad about it. I don't know. I really, I don't like a person that re-escalates the situation, which is exactly what Kayla did. Kayla then is, like, we don't need to turn each other, tear each other down. And I thought this was really funny. Drew was doing his, like, sign-off where he's, like, okay, well, keep watching the season of Young and Pregnant. And <laughs> Kayla and Ashley are just fighting in the background, talking over him. Nessa's, like, oh, my God, Stop. Kayla says, this is where it really, Kayla's like, you're whack as fuck for talking about my kids and starts to take her shoes off. Now, Kayla, come the fuck on. There's like 25 security people on stage. Like, you're not fighting. And why are you escalating the situation? Like, I just, I don't get it. Why wouldn't Kayla just be like, you know what, Ashley, like, this, you really went too far here. And like, I, I understand that you're hurt, but like, I really can't deal with this. And let Drew talk. But nope, Kayla needs to re-escalate this situation. She already knows that Ashley is all wound up and is willing to fight and go crazy. And it's like, you're just as bad now. Where I thought earlier Kayla and Bree seemed to be in the right. And you know what? I'll still say Bree seems to be in the right. Bree, I don't see anything wrong that Bree did during this fight. I mean, she's in the wrong for like telling Jade that, or telling Ashley that Jade was talking shit about her. I'm sure she's in the wrong for that stuff. But I mean, like in this fight, like I don't see anything that Bree did. That was egregious. But for Kayla then to like start taking off her shoes, which she knows is going to make Ashley take off her shoes. Uh, it's just so stupid. Ashley then takes off her shoes and um, 
Ashley then, like, charges at her to hit her, but there's eight fucking security people on stage, so they grab her, and obviously they're not gonna fight. That's also, like, corny. Like, Ashley, like, you're, or Kayla, like, you're not gonna fight. Like, there's so many security people on stage. Ashley, you're not gonna fight. When Kayla starts taking off her shoes, just sit there and laugh at her. Don't take off your shoes, and then be the first one to swing, you dumb bitch. (laughs) You're making yourself look worse. Sit there and let Kayla make a fool out of herself now. Let Kayla be the one to take off her shoes and pretend like she's going to get up and fight you over some shit that you said that wasn't that bad to her. Like, you, oh, it makes it so hard to root for her. So, obviously, Ashley, like, can't get anywhere. Kaya is like, what the fuck is going on? I was laughing. I don't know if anybody else noticed Kaya, but Kaya was like, keep me out of this. Because Kaya was sitting directly in the middle of them. I think Kaya and Ashley were friends based on all the stuff they were posting at the reunion. They spent a lot of time together. But I think also Kaya just doesn't want to be involved in the drama. Poor Kaya. (laughs) And then Ashley is like off stage and Ashley's yelling, you all know, you all, all you producers know what the fuck this is. Which I thought was probably accurate and one of the most accurate statements. Wow, there's a lot to talk about with this reunion. Wow. I actually, like, I can't believe it, guys. As I I know I said at the beginning of the episode, like, I don't love to watch them fight on reunions. But if we have to have a reunion, at least, like, there's something to talk about. Okay, so basically the reunion wraps up with Roxanne on Skype and Brie, Devon, and Britt back out on the stage. I don't really understand, like, how they how and why they edited it together the way that they edited this together. I don't know why that Brie, Britt, and Devon Roxanne segment was. I should have went Chelsea, Chelsea and Kate, Brie, Britt, and Devon, and then they should have ended with the Team Mom Young and Pregnant stuff. When they, like, I was, like, real high coming off of that, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? There's more to this episode. Oh, then they ended with the kids stuff, but I'll tell you I turned the kids stuff off because I don't care. I really, truly don't care to watch Leah's girls perform for the applause. Don't don't care about it. So they talk about the fact Roxanne is like, oh, we haven't given up on Lewis. We just haven't gotten there to work on him yet. She basically was like, Stella's still a baby. She's not old enough to ask for a dad. She's not old enough to care. So we haven't done. Sh- I haven't done shit with trying to make Lewis come around. But when she's Nova's age, like you better believe I'm going to be harassing Lewis to come around just like I do Devon. <laughs> uh, Roxanne also thought that. Uh, Devon should have been invited to Sal's birthday party and Bree says in retrospect he should have been but like John was there and it was kind of weird and Devon's like no I get it like I understand why Um, I thought it was nice that they acknowledge that Devon is really good with Stella and that he has kept his word that when he said like I won't treat Stella any differently than I treat Nova and if he comes to the house with a toy for Nova he always has one for Stella and Brie said that the thing that she loves most about, or likes most, I don't know if she said loves, uh, the thing that she likes most about Devon is the way that he treats Stella. And Roxanne's like, oh, I'm so glad you said it. I thought it was good that they were acknowledging it. And I thought it was interesting that Brit, and I think this is what we all see and why it's like very easy for us to give Devon so many passes, is Brit's like, I think that this shows his true character. And I, I agree I really do think the reason that we are so easy with Devon is that it really does seem like at his heart, he's not a bad person. He's not an Adam. He's not a Nathan, you know, and we want the best for him and we keep 
continuously watching him make mistakes and just not be a good dad. And he's not a good dad. But we all believe in our hearts for some reason that Devon is a good person and will be a good person and could be a good person, which is why we keep rooting for him. I mean, I liked this segment. I thought it was nice that they were being nice to Devon, even though he doesn't necessarily deserve it all the time. But at the same time, it's I just was so it was such a come down after watching that fight that I was like, mm, don't care. <laughs> all right, let's talk about young and pregnant. Uh now, it's time for Young and Pregnant, even though we just talked about Young and Pregnant. Also, this annoyed me because I was like, oh, it'd be easy to transition to Young and Pregnant, but now I'm going to have to talk about Brie and Devon. Although, I could have went out of order. I'm just realizing that. <laughs> and yet, I did not. Okay, Young and Pregnant time. Okay, let's start with Kaya. <sighs> okay. I need to remind myself that Kaya and Tiaza are very young they're true 16 year olds i believe and they act like it Ooh, watching them fight is really it's really hard i don't think tiaza is abusive necessarily like i i mean i guess maybe emotionally abusive but she is so immature she's so unhappy and I mean, I honestly think she's just put herself in a terrible situation and probably realizes it. And so she's taking it out on Kaya constantly. And it's not, it's hard to watch. I really do hope that they've broken up and they've broken up for good. I think the reality is, is that like you can just, I don't want to say never, but rarely, very, very rarely can you get back into a relationship where the person you were with got pregnant while you were broken up. It's just, I I don't know. I just don't understand what Tiaza is getting out of this relationship that she continues to stay. I mean, I guess part of it probably is that she gets to live there and it seemed like her and her mom didn't have the best relationship and she's mentioned having to raise her siblings and I would imagine that Living with Tiffany is probably really nice because Tiffany, by the way, I'm like standing Tiffany. I think that, I think on one hand, she's maybe a little too permissive (laughs) because these are still teenagers and she's kind of letting them live as adults in her home, which I'm, confuses me. I will say that confuses me, but I guess it's kind of the reality of the situation. There is a baby here. They're in a relationship. They want to raise this baby together. And if they're going to live here, then I will treat them as adults. I think that Tiffany is a incredible communicator. I really hope she doesn't go the way of Jessica, because I think I used to say all this about Jessica in season one of Team Mommy Young and Pregnant. But I really like Tiffany. Basically, she talks about situations head on without aggravating and provoking bigger fights. And she's asking straight up about if Tiaza will go to meet Xavion and how Tiaza feels about it. Um, I really like Tiffany really validates Tiaza's feelings a lot. Like she says, you know, it's okay that you feel this way and I understand why you feel this way, but this is the reality. She even said the baby has three parents, which I thought was, you know, probably very validating for Tiaza to hear. Although I personally don't believe it to be the truth. (laughs) I think the baby has two parents and it has one, mom's girlfriend. I I feel like a broken record here, but I just cannot understand. And I just think it is such a terrible deal idea 
for a teenager to get themselves involved so deeply with a child that they do not have any rights to. It's just, it's so crazy. Do I think Xavion's going to be like some active dad in this kid's life once he's out of jail? Like, I mean, I guess we don't really know because we don't know anything about him. But just based on the fact that he's in jail now and is going to be doing a decently long prison stretch, I think I I read until 2023, I think it will be very hard for him to be a full-time parent in Amor's life. I think, yeah, I think that's going to be tough. But of course it's possible, like maybe he'll defy the odds, but I think it'll be hard for him. So it's not that, if Tiesa, I don't know. I just, I feel like it's such a bad idea. The situation they're in is really stupid. I feel like you should never, as a teenager or a young, young, young adult, really commit to so much responsibility with someone. I just don't think it's ever going to end up good for you. Not saying that if you're young, you shouldn't date someone who has a kid, but I think you need to be very clear with the fact that you are the step parent and not the parent. It's one thing that, you know, if you are 20 and you love someone that has a kid and the other parent doesn't have any parental rights and like adoption is an option for you and that's what you guys want to do, like fucking go for it. Or you really understand, like, I love this child. I'm going to help raise this child but I get that I have no legal rights to this child, like, go for it. I just think they are setting themselves up for a situation in which that baby is, like, ripped from Tiaza's arms, and that's fucking sad, and it's stupid. And Tiaza should just be going to school and working a job and dating around, and this relationship is so hard to watch because, first of all, they just seem to, like, hate each other. (laughs) Their fights escalate so quickly, and Tiza every single time bringing up the fact that Kaya got pregnant is, like, it's so annoying for me to watch, so I can't imagine actually living it. The fight that they have in the car with Tiza's cousin in the backseat I thought was very funny in some ways because watching him just like, ooh, while they were fighting really made me laugh. But in general, like, it's just not good. It's not good. I... Watching them fight, I was like, they really need to break up. When Kaya said, like, you do this and then you apologize for it, but I just want you to stop doing it. That, to me, like, when you're saying that, that's that. Your relationship is over. Like, if you are repeatedly saying, like, stop apologizing and just change your behavior and they're not changing your behavior, like, that's it. That's done. That person is clearly demonstrating that they cannot change their ways or move forward. So it's time for you to take control of the situation and end it because there's no reason that... First of all, I'm under the impression that Tiaz and Kai were broken up when she got pregnant. Like, it wasn't even a cheating situation. I thought they said in the first episode that Tiaz had cheated on Kaya, which is why they broke up. And then Tiaz... Or then Kaya got pregnant. So it seems like they're in this situation because of Tiaz. I think that Tiaz is incredibly insecure. I think that it's just, it, she's so immature. She's so immature. I just really can't deal with her. And I really would like Kaya to break up with her because I think Kaya seems really nice. I think she has a great family and a good support system and like does not need to have this person here that's putting her down all the time co-parenting with her. She doesn't need it. Now, like I said, do I have a ton of faith that Xavion's going to get out and be some amazing co-parent like no I don't think that but I think she has her mom and her sister who both seem like 
great and super involved in her life and that she should be leaning on them for support and not somebody that makes her feel like shit all of the time. Um, I did write down that her cousin should have recorded a TikTok while he was in the back because that would have been a really good TikTok sound. If you guys don't know, part of TikTok is that you reuse sound. Like you, I, if I uploaded a video of me talking, somebody then could take the sound of me talking and like make that the sound of their video. And there's a couple sounds that get reused a lot on TikTok of couples like screaming at each other and people do kind of funny like skits, if you will, um, reacting to the people screaming. And I think the Tiaza, Tiaza, Tiaza and Kaya fight would have made a really good TikTok and a good TikTok sound. So yeah, all I think about now is TikTok, as I've talked about. It's just really a mess. Also, baby Amor got his ears pierced, which fine, cute. Um, I have never in my life understood the anger people have regarding ear piercing. Like nothing fires up Reddit across all subreddits. Like babies getting their ear pierced. People lose their fucking mind over it. I didn't get my ears pierced as a baby. I probably wouldn't pierce my baby's ears just because I don't care to do it. But, it, like, there's nothing in my life that I truly form, feel more neutral about than a baby getting their ears pierced or not. And it fucking enrages people. I was really surprised when I found that out. Like, <laughs> people are enraged by it. They call it mutilating the baby's ears, which I just don't, I don't agree with. Okay, Rachel. This, Rachel is one that is, like, I don't really see Rachel ever, um... How do I say this nicely? I don't really see Rachel ever, I don't know how to say this, but like moving past the life that she was raised in. You know, I don't see her ever, even if she stays on this show for 10 more years and they're making teen mom, like real teen mom money and she's making millions of dollars a year. I think she's always going to live in that town. I think she's always like just going to be dysfunctional. I don't know if that's fair to say because she is 17, but her almost complete lack of awareness for why her life is like fucked up is kind of scary. I feel like by 17, even though I had no ability to make the changes, I at least had an understanding that like things were not great and I didn't want to live the way that I was living. And Rachel seems to have none of that, which is concerning. <laughs> Also, I like I'm very perplexed about how Rachel and her family afford to live. I mean, I would I guess the show, even if it is like twenty five thousand dollars or whatever, was a bit. You know, actually, that's I guess I take that back because I bet how much she makes for this season of Team Mom Young and Pregnant is about what she would be making working part time at a minimum wage job, maybe even more. Maybe working full time at a minimum wage job. So this is probably like a good trade off for her. But it doesn't seem like any of them work. Like, does Mallory have a job? I guess her mom's name is Stephanie, right? I still don't know her mom's name. I swear to God, they never chiron her mom with her fucking name. I swear. I mean, they probably do in every episode and I just don't see it. But I swear, I do not know what her mom's name is. But I just think that Rachel is like very content in the life that she's living. And that to me is kind of sad because it's very dysfunctional. And it's also really sad to me that her mom hasn't seemed to gain any insight and sobriety um, and doesn't seem to have any real wisdom or guidance for her daughters, except 
for like just fully supporting everything they do in a way that's like ugh. so Rachel has been broken up with by Jacob she's devastated uh, she's depressed but she thinks they'll get back together and she slept with Drew once to get back with Jacob I will say I was impressed when she said well I'm not gonna just keep fucking Drew to get back with Jacob because that's what I used to do and I would make them mad and I don't want to do that anymore so good for Rachel She's out with her mom and Mallory and Mallory saying that it would kill her inside not to know who her baby's dad was. And I was watching this and I was like, wait, I thought she didn't know who her baby's dad was. But then in the next scene, we find out she got the DNA test. And Rachel said that she still isn't ready to take the DNA test. And Rachel says something wild in this episode. I think it's later, but I'm just going to say it now. Did everybody else catch this? She says she's not going to get a DNA test because she... She knows the baby's in Jacob's, and if she gets a DNA test and it's not Jacob's, he won't ever get back with her. That's a wild thing to say out loud. Like, it's one thing to think that, like, look, are there millions of trap, I'm using that in quotation marks, babies in this world? Sure, probably hundreds of millions where people have these babies just, like, make it so their partner will stay with them. But, like, you don't say it out loud. <laughs> you just think it in your head. <laughs> She literally, like, with no awareness of, like, why this is a fucking lunatic thing to say, is just like, well, you know, if I get a DNA test, Jacob just won't want anything to do with me. <laughs> Not like it'd be really sad for Hazley, because I think he actually is a good dad to her, and I like when he spends time with Hazley, and I think he could be a good influence on her. Nope, nothing like that. He just won't want to keep fucking Rachel if he's not Hazley's dad. Also, I'm just a little unsure on how they're all so sure that the baby is Drew's. Like, it's very weird because Rachel's like, well, I know Jacob is the father. But she means, like, Jacob is choosing to be the father. But they're like, they all also speak like they know for 100% certainty that Drew is the father. And I'm not really sure why they speak like that because it seems clear to me that Rachel was fucking Drew and Jacob, like, in the same week. And how can they be so sure, certain of conception date? I really want them to get a DNA test, and I kind of think in my head it's not either Drew or Jacob's. I've had a lot of people suggest that. Like, do you think she doesn't want to get a DNA test because it's not either of theirs? Okay. I think it is a possibility that's not either of theirs, but I don't think that that's why she doesn't want to get a DNA test. I think that Rachel doesn't really care about that. Like, I think people, I think, uh, I think people are over estimating how much Rachel cares about who the biological father is. I think that she only cares about it in regards to who she wants to be in a relationship with. So I think the reason that she won't get a DNA test is because she doesn't want it not to be Jacob's officially and for him to not want anything to do with her, as she said. I think if she wasn't fucking Jacob and she wasn't fucking Drew, like, she wouldn't care if they got a DNA test and it came back as neither of them. Like, I... I think if she knows it's not either of theirs, like, she knows. I don't know. I think I might have just contradicted myself there. But I don't think that, like, her not getting a test really has anything to do with her being scared of it being someone else's. I think she just doesn't want to deal with it being somebody else's. I also think she likes the high drama of the Drew and Jacob fighting over her thing. I think that it's been going on for quite a while. Her friends seem over Her mom seems over it. Her friend is, like, this... Her friend Brett was like, this is all really ridiculous. I think you should stop fucking both of them because I just can't deal with it. Um, and apparently Mallory found out that her boyfriend's 
or her baby's father was a guy. I think they're saying Lance. Mallory needs subtitles. I need some subtitles in Rachel's segments, and they're not giving them to me, and it's actually very annoying. She really thought it was Alex's, and Rachel's like, yep, this is why I'm never getting a DNA test, because I know it'll come back, not Jacob's. <laughs> oh, God. It's just such a mess. They're letting Drew, like, come around and see the baby, because she can't stand, like, if she's like, well, I didn't have my dad, so I can't stand the idea of not letting Heasley's dad come around. And it's like, oh, my God. I just, it's just crazy how openly they are living, like, a my two dads scenario. Like, they really are just like, well, we Jacob thinks is pretending he's the dad, but we all know Drew's the dad, so we're letting both of them come around. I wonder if Jacob is coming around at all for Hazley if he's not fucking Rachel. I don't think so. Did they say he was still coming around? I don't think so. I don't think. Ugh. Stephanie wants them just to co-parent Drew and Rachel. Rachel's like, well, I don't want anything to do with him. But it's just very obvious that Rachel, or excuse me, that Stephanie 100% thinks Drew's the dad. I don't know. If you're going to, like, blow up your relationship over letting some guy come around that you think is the dad, like, just get the DNA test and figure it out. Okay. Ashley, I'm really glad that Ashley went to the therapist. And even though I don't necessarily know how professional the therapist was being and how she was speaking, I really was like, fucking finally, somebody is saying it. What I've been saying all season long, right? That Ashley wants to talk, 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 talk about the fact that her and Barr aren't together, but she's still fucking him, so Barr feels like they're together. Um, I was kind of, like, in shock when she was like, well, the last time I was here is because we had a domestic violence situation, and we're way past that. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> that there ha- Do I believe that there haven't been domestic violence situations since then? Like, I don't think so. I really don't think so. And Ashley says to the therapist, well, we're not together anymore. And the therapist is like, okay, so like, how long has it been since you haven't been together and also not working on getting back together? And Ashley's like, well, I can't say that that's happened. And she's going on with her. We're not together. We're not together. The therapist basically shuts her down and is like, no, what are you doing with Barr that makes him think there is hope? And Ashley kind of tries to interrupt her and once again repeat, like, well, I say we're not together. And the therapist, like, cuts her off. (laughs) And she's, like, basically says, like, I think Barr is in denial about the fact that you've broken up. And when you are continuing to talk with him and give him hope that you are reinforcing his behavior, which the therapist is 100% correct about. And finally, somebody said it. And it really did sound like Ashley heard it, although I don't think she's going to actually be able to apply it to her life. But that is very much the truth. It's what I've been saying over and over and over again, that until Ashley stops saying, like, well, if you get your shit together, we can be together. Until Ashley stops talking to him, like, they're never going to be broken up unless they're broken up. Ashley said that she does feel obligated to support him, which I think that's, like, the root of the issue. I think... If we want to get to the root of the issue of Ashley and Barr is one that she, as I've said a million times, she loves Barr and Barr is her best friend. And they, when times are good, they get along really good. And two, that she really feels an obligation to support Barr because he's her child's father. And I think until she is able to stop feeling that obligation, she's going to have a hard time ever leaving him. 
Um, she said she's holding on to the emotional connection because she remembers when he was the only great thing in her life and everything else was spiraling, which is sad. It's sad because I wonder if when she says that out loud, if she can hear that, like, I am only with him because at one point it was really good and my life sucked. And I wonder if she can hear the continuation of that sentence, which is things are good now and I don't need him anymore. I wonder if she can really like get to that place. So then we see Barr take Holly to go get a face tattoo. His face, not Holly's face. He gets YR474 on one side. His brother is Young Real, who I guess has been killed. Here's also another thing. When Barr talks about his brothers, I'm not sure what he means by biological brothers or real, like, because as we all know, Shen says that she has 47 children. (laughs) I think she has five biological children, she said. We know one of his brothers is Troy, and then I'm pretty sure he has at least one sister that I've seen pictures of, and I think that's Shen's biological sister, or Shen's biological daughter. Oh, he is, she is too, because she's the, the little one. And then one that's older that she has grandchildren from, I think. Chen's family is very confusing to me. When he says brother, like, who knows what he really means. But he's also getting Norm, N-O-R-M, on the other side for his brother Norman. His friend is there with him and is like, why are you doing this? <laughs> Bar's like, well, because I wanted it. And the reason I didn't get it, because Ashley and it would make her mad. So now I'm going to do it because they're not together. It looks terrible. It's a terrible idea. And Ashley basically is like, one of the reasons I won't get back together with him is because I want him to get a job. And he just made it impossible for himself to get a job. Which, yeah, I don't know. When I watch these two, I'm just like, oh, this is going to be Ashley's whole life. As Princess and I discussed, like, they're just going to be together forever doing this shit where Ashley is dragging his ass through life and he's going to get more face tats and more hand tats and just look like a fucking mess. Also, did you notice he was getting... Like, they were doing each one side. He had two tattooers, each doing one side at the same time. And I was like, wouldn't you want them to be done by the same person so that the handwriting is the same? But I also don't know anything about tattooing, so that might just be wrong. Uh, We basically also find out that Ashley is seeing someone. She's going to go to L.A. for a week for business and to see some friends. And this is also, by the way, where not breaking the fourth wall is doing us a disservice because Ashley... When she says she's going to do business, it doesn't make any sense because in the context of the show, she has no business. She's still in school and, like, works in an office. But out of the context of the show, she's going for, like, a pretty little thing. Is that what that brand is called? Or Fashion Nova party. You know, she's going to, like, influencer parties. Okay, guys. I have a statement to make, which is I'm calling for Brie to leave the show next season. I am really done with Brie. I think Brie has nothing to offer. I think that Brie's life is too hard and too boring for this show. And that I think sounds harsh, but I think the fact, I think the reality is that like Brie and Jess's 99% of their life is literally just like struggling to make it. I think they get up, they take Brie to daycare, they go to work, they come home, they eat food, they watch TV. They go to bed. I think Bree's life is actually very stable in a lot of ways. Um, I think she obviously has a lot of financial troubles, but in that, like, she is not, she doesn't party. She doesn't seem to party at all. I mean, maybe she does, but from what we see on the show, she doesn't seem to party at all. She doesn't seem to have any friends. 
Uh, I, they're introducing a new boyfriend in the next couple weeks, but we know that doesn't last for very long. I really think Brie is a homebody. I think Brie is a hard worker. I think Brie is somebody that doesn't actually have drama in her life, so she has to talk about Brayson's dad over and over and over again, even though it adds very little to this show. And I think that we don't need her anymore. She does. She really does not add anything of value to this show. She, I, And I just think it's the reality is that she doesn't do enough in her life because she's too busy trying to keep her head above water and her and her mom just work. And, like, that sucks for them as people. Like, it sucks for them that they would not have the show anymore because of that when they obviously very much need the show. But me as a viewer, Brie Scenes, I'm, like, really checked out of. Their decisions aren't bad enough to work me up. And they're also, like, not good enough and enough is happening for me to care. And that's, like, the ultimate issue. You need you need to be able to care about these people if they're on TV. Or you need to be able to, like, hate them enough to care about them. And I'm not getting either from them. This whole episode is just about Bra- Brace and Sad reaching back out, saying, like, I want to be with my son. It was my girlfriend keeping me away. And then at the end of the episode being like, I've changed my mind. I'll talk to him when he's older. That's it. That's it. And I I just don't care. There's nothing, there's nothing to talk about with Bray. There's nothing interesting like how many fucking episodes can we watch them talk about Bray and Sad, who apparently isn't even going to come on this fucking show and say the same thing over and over and over again. Nope. I am definitely calling for them to be fired for the new season. Like I said, I think they're in an A season. So we're probably going to get them in a B season They can bring somebody else. They can cast a new girl. I don't know. I don't care what they do, except they need. Excuse me. A yawn just totally took me, like, in the middle of my talking. (laughs) But, yeah, I was so tired of talking about Brie and being bored by her. I yawned. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about Kayla. So, they're definitely moving to Iowa. And Stefan is back from Florida, and he's bailing on visits. They set up a visit. He doesn't show up. He doesn't call. He doesn't text. So he, she calls Stefan. And guys, I would have lost my fucking mind on Stefan. <laughs> I would have lost my fucking mind. So she calls Stefan and she's like, hey, where are you? And he's like, oh, I overslept. And she's like, okay, but like, how come you didn't call or text? You just didn't show up. And... He's like, well, what do you want from me? You just want me to give up custody? Like, immediately escalates the conversation. He says to you, he says to her, this is why I hate you. My God, you always push me to a point, which is really fucked up. And it's so, I mean, we know he's an abuser because we know he beat her up at least once, but probably multiple times. But that's like such an abuser thing to say. Like, you pushed me, you made me do this. And he says, like, you get pregnant and get so bold, you need to grow up, basically. Stefan telling Kayla that she needs to grow up, I would literally, like, drive to his house and strangle him. <laughs> no, because he's the same enraged feeling as Leah, like, talking about Corey. And Jeremy, especially Jeremy talking about Corey and saying, like, he needs to be involved in his kids' lives when Jeremy's with his kids all the fucking time and Jeremy never sees his daughter or calls his daughter. So... 
for Stefan to say that is so, so, so fucked up. And Kill, I think, really has been trying hard with Stefan. Like, really trying hard with Stefan. And for him to throw that in her face is so beyond. It's so beyond. She's like, hold on. I need to go outside so I don't fight in front of Zay. She walks out and she's like, what the fuck? And I was like, go, Kayla. I was really happy to hear her just lean into him. She, Stefan is like, Kayla's like, how can I grow up? I need, like, what do you mean I need to grow up? Like, I'm grown up. Like, I'm the one that takes care of her son. Um, I'm the one that is with him all the time. And Stefan is like, yeah, because you've kept him away from me. And Kayla's like, what the fuck? We're on the phone because you didn't show up for your fucking visit. I can't imagine how infuriating that would be to me. If somebody, like, if I was doing everything, 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 and trying to facilitate these visits and getting blown off, and then that person has the nerve to accuse me of keeping me keeping him away from him. Ugh. That is really fucking crazy. Kale's like, you've kept yourself away. And Stefan is like, you want me to feel bad for you? And Kale's like, what? <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Kale's like, I... <laughs> You know that Kayla does not think about Stefan in that way. Like, she does not think, like, ugh, I want Stefan to feel bad for me. I really bet that she really does not think about Stefan very often, except in the terms of, like, in the context of Isaiah. I think that she, I would really bet that, like, once she got with Luke and, like, actually was happy in a relationship and, like, loved Luke and felt loved by Luke, she had one of those realizations where she was like, my God, I didn't even love Stefan. He didn't love me. That was awful. And like, really, I don't know. When you're in a relationship like that, and then you get into another relationship, and you like actually feel deep love, you're like, what the fuck was I even thinking? I really do believe that Kayla wants nothing to do with Stefan. I really, truly believe that. Oh, whoops, I mixed, <laughs> I mixed up my Kayla and my Kaya notes. It happens. Their names are a little similar. So, Stefan is like, well, I'm going to go take you to court. And Kayla's like, take me to fucking court. What is it? He pays $42 a month in child support and he's not even paying that. If I was Kayla, I'd be like, yeah, bitch, take me. Kayla's like, these visits are fucking done. They're done. Feel free to take me to court. And then we get a scene of her recapping everything that just happened with her friend, which was like, we literally just watched this. We don't need this recap. But I did understand what she was saying where she said that, since getting pregnant, she's actually cared a lot more about making sure Stefan is around Isaiah because she really is worried about, like, Luke and the new baby. I think she's like, well, she's not worried about Luke and Zay being close and that Luke's family is so great with Isaiah. And I get that. But what she's saying is, like, I'm worried that Isaiah is going to look around and realize his sister has a dad and he doesn't. And I think that's, like, a very natural way to feel. I'm still unsure if they live in Iowa but I guess like how would I really know if they live in Iowa versus like where they live and now because they're always showing us like how just like totally rural and like out of place her out of place is not the word but they're always showing us how rural rural I can't say the word rural it's a hard one for my speech impediment and just like how in the middle of fucking nowhere it is so I don't know. She doesn't post a lot. I'm looking at her Instagram now. She doesn't post a lot of, like, scenery pictures. They're mostly just, like, pictures of the babies in the apartment and SpawnCon stuff. So it's kind of hard to tell exactly if they did move to Iowa or not. I guess I could probably look on Luke's. 
Hold on. I'm going to do this investigation. Okay, the last thing that he posted about basketball or the University of Duke. What the fuck is this? I don't know how you pronounce this. D-U-B-U-Q-U-E. Dub-Q? Don't know. Uh, was in July. He was like, it's going to be my new home. But I don't see any posts about him playing basketball or his team. And you would think since, like, it's in season and, you know, it's like basketball, literally basketball season, you would think that there would be a lot of posts about that, but there's not. So I'm not really sure what that means. I kind of have a sinking feeling he's not playing basketball and that they didn't move to Iowa. It's, like, weird that he wouldn't post anything about his team on Instagram, right? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. All right, guys. That's it for this week. I hope everyone has a wonderful New Year's, and I'll talk to you in 2020. (laughs) Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos.